This episode of If I Go Missing is going to be a little bit different. I'm going to start by telling you guys the story and then I have a surprise visitor at the end. So I cannot wait to share that with you guys. Also, the audio at the end is a little different than normal. So just bear with me and I'm sorry if it's not like tip top shape, but it was a recorded phone call. So... I really hope that you guys listen and can help with this case because this family is amazing and they deserve answers as well as every other family of other missing people. This is If I Go Missing and I am your host, Megan. On December 23rd, Allison Waterson was reported missing. The 20-year-old was last seen with her boyfriend, Benjamin Garland, Ben for short, near Portland, Oregon, per Garland's account. The two became separated after hiking near North Plains. After an investigation, search efforts were suspended on December 28th, though Waterson has not been located. The decision came after Washington County Sheriff's Deputy Tony Morris had revealed that some interesting items and clues had been discovered when looking for her. Allison Watterson's mother, Misty, said that she did not know where the initial reports came from that said that Allison was hiking with her boyfriend, Benjamin Garland, when the two became separated. Misty says she thought Allison might have been visiting a friend in the area at the time, though, on December 22nd. Law enforcement said that Garland's dad initially reported that they were hiking, but it's still not clear how they got there. Allison was last seen on Sunday morning, December 22nd, just before noon by a homeowner who lives up in the General Search area. The homeowner said that at the time she last saw Allison, she was with Mr. Garland. A Washington County detective said early on Monday morning, a different homeowner found Mr. Garland asleep in his truck. And if you fast forward to that Monday night, around 5.30 p.m., Mr. Garland's father then calls to report Allison as missing, meaning that there is a delay of at least 30 hours since Allison was seen by that homeowner on Sunday around noon until Ben Garland's father reported her as missing on Monday evening. The delay is concerning to police and they are trying to put together what happened in that intervening time. Deputy Brian Van Cleef said in a press release, that the men were hesitant to file a report because there were multiple outstanding warrants for Ben's arrest. He has since been arrested on charges unrelated to Watterson's disappearance. On Friday, there was a photo release on Twitter of a stolen truck. It's a red 2001 Ford F-150. The sheriff's office is asking for anyone who saw the truck between Sunday afternoon and Monday night in the time frame that Allison disappeared to please contact them and let them know where or what Allison was doing Sunday afternoon through Monday. Exactly where or what Allison was doing Sunday afternoon through Monday also remains unclear since authorities have not determined what Allison and Garland were doing out in the Pumpkin Ridge area. Authorities still do not know why they were out there that day and they honestly wish they did know and had better information as to why the couple was out there because then they might actually be able to get a better idea of why she was here and what might have happened to her. Homeowners in the area reported seeing the couple at various times leading up to Allison's disappearance. 
When speaking to deputies, one resident recounted that the two of them had knocked on their door and asked to use their phone because their vehicle had broken down. Per the homeowner's account, the two then left. Additionally, another local reported that they had encountered Benjamin sleeping in their truck. At that time, he had stated that his friends had left him and he had used the truck as a shelter from rain. He was then driven home by the owner of the truck. Later, officials would locate a stolen truck in the wooded area of North Plains. Benjamin would later be taken into custody pertaining to the vehicle. While Ben was in custody and in legal trouble of his own, it's important to mention that this legal trouble is his own issues and has nothing to do with Allison's disappearance. But while he was dealing with this, Allison's family decided to go out and search on their own. Although ever since Allison was reported missing, search and rescue personnel scoured the rough wooded terrain with dogs, ATVs, and helicopters looking for Allison, there was no sign of the 20-year-old. Allison's family decided to organize a private search with volunteers in the North Plains area on Friday. The official search for her was suspended in the week prior to the family's search. Misty said they got permission from about five property owners to search the area on foot and with a drone. Her mom also said the professional searchers did an amazing job looking for Allison, but she still doesn't have her daughter. So as parents, you know, we can't let it go. We have to know what happened to our children. And that's exactly how Allison's mom, Misty, feels. She knows she says she can't just sit around here waiting for information. And honestly, as parents, I don't know what you would expect. Do you expect us to curl up and wait for somebody to come tell me news about my child? No, as a parent, I'm going to be out there looking for my child. And that's exactly what Allison's mom was doing. Allison's mom also says that they're trying to be respectful of everyone in the area who's given them permission to search their private property. According to Allison's father, they're trying to search in an area that they narrowed down to a logical path. On December 27, 2019, deputies revealed that they are seeking a resident in the area who may have heard a knock at the door around midnight December 22nd. They say the homeowner may not have answered the door. Police were then asking, police were then asking residents in the area if this situation sounded familiar to them and if it did to call the police. Then news came in that the sheriff's office was able to identify the neighbor who may have heard the knock. After talking to this local homeowner, they learned that the information was actually related to the last time Allison was seen on Sunday morning and wasn't in fact new information as much as everyone involved had hoped. Deputies also announced that they were looking for a person who gave an iPhone to Allison's mother, Misty, at Reedville Cafe in Hillsboro within the last month. Misty gave that phone to Allison. Investigators have been unsuccessful with pinging Allison's cell phone, and they are hoping the original owner of the phone may have the cell phone provider information that could potentially help them get location data to find Allison. Recent contact with Allison's aunt allowed me to find out that police have already found who the owner of the cell phone was before it was given to Allison's mother. Originally, it was believed that Allison may have been using the phone the day she was last seen. However, the Washington County Sheriff's Office said the lead didn't yield any answers. Deputy Brian Van Cleef says the phone didn't have any cellular connection. It was a Wi-Fi only phone from what he understood. When the phone is connected, it's just connected to the internet. That's how Wi-Fi only phones work. 
given this system of only using Wi-Fi, it leaves very, very little ways to track the phone. Allison's mom, Misty, told Dateline that she had given her daughter the phone because Allison's phone had gotten broken. Normally, Allison would have had a phone authorities could track and try to get a ping off of, but this one time, she was in between phones and just carried the Wi-Fi phone with her. I did this episode by myself because I also got to interview Allison's aunt as well as, you know, talk to her about some things with the case and, you know, kind of clear up some misinformation. So along with having her kind of double check my information, I also got to ask her some questions and find out a little bit more about Allison and the case. So I'm going to play that interview for you guys now. I noticed when I was doing my research that there was a misinformation regarding to what she was doing when she went missing. How do you mean misinformation? Like some of it said that she was hiking, but then her mom said that she was not. Um, when Ben Garland's father made the original 911 call, and he spoke to dispatch. He told dispatch that his son and his girlfriend had been hiking and got split up um, in the area. Um, that in turn went to um, the uh, search and rescue team. Um, okay. And then that information, of course, bled down to our family, i.e. my sister. All right. So do you guys know what made him think they were hiking? Honestly, I didn't. I don't believe he thought they were hiking. I believe that that is just uh, what Ben had told him. Okay. Yeah. In my heart, I don't. I think he probably even knew better. That makes more sense. Yes. So, from your point of view, how did the events all play out from the time you guys found out Allison was missing? Uh, so she lives with my sister. My um, they all live together. Allison and her brother. Um, mother and father all lived together. So um, on Friday, Allison said she was going to hang out with friends. Um, and my sister uh, said goodbye, love you. Um, and all throughout the rest of that evening, they corresponded via messenger. Um, Allison was in between jobs, and my sister was in a way trying to encourage her to, you know, get on that job train. And she was like, look, you know, you can, you know, you'll be able to pay for your own phone bill um, with the job kind of thing, you know. Yeah. And so that's why her phone was on Wi-Fi only. Um, my sister I eventually was going to give in because she does that. It's adorable. And um, <laughs> so then she left on Friday. And like I said, they corresponded, um, uh, you know, keeping in touch, love you. Okay, I'll see you later. Be safe. Um, uh, Saturday morning rolled around and um, there was, you know, the same communication. Allison must have had a strong Wi-Fi connection because she was able to, like, communicate with my sister, like, we're good, we're cool, like, oh, you know, I'll see you later. Um, and uh, she was actually supposed to come home Saturday night and 
when my sister got home from work, she was, Allison was not there. And then Sunday morning, um, my sister, um, that's when she began to worry. And so she um, messaged, uh, a, you know, a bunch of people in Allison's contact, you know, messenger list. Mm-hmm. And um, she came across what she thought was Ben's sister, but it ended up being Ben's mother. And Ben's mom said, oh, I saw them, um, the two of them, yesterday. I gave them a ride and then dropped them off, and they are, they are, everything is good. They're good. And so my sister, you know, had a little bit of peace of mind, so she went about her day um, on Sunday. And, again, Allison um, reached out to Misty again and said, okay, I'll be home. So then she didn't come home. So then Monday early when she woke up, she said to Ben's mom, have you talked to them? And that's when she said, oh, yeah, I saw them yesterday. They're fine. And then Ben's mom reached out again around 1 o'clock and said, hey, have you heard anything? And my sister at that time was working two jobs, and she was like, um, no, I haven't heard anything yet. You know, I'll just keep in touch, and I will keep in touch. And um, then um, Sunday evening um, is when my sister received a call from Ben's mom saying, Ben lost her in the woods. We can't find her. We've been searching, and we've called 911. Lost um, her? Lost, yeah, like got separated from her. um, Okay. and And then as she told the story, she said he left her. He left her in the woods. So he didn't lose her, he left her. Oh, he left her, 100%. Yes. Then um, um, that evening, um, my sister called me immediately, and, you know, we just all gathered together, and we went out to North Plains. And, you know, it, it, in short order, we realized that there was um, eminent danger. Something was Something was really wrong, because North Plains isn't a, you know, it's not like forest. It's not you know, mm-hmm. where there's miles and miles and miles of dark trees. And um, it's actually relatively rural. Like there's homes right in the vicinity where he claims he last saw her. There's, there are roads. There are, there are multiple ways for her to go, you know, find help or safety. Mm-hmm. And so his sister met us out there and she took us to the area. It was just so dark and so foggy that, you know, your heart just worries. It just goes into this, like, panic mode. But then at the same time, like I'm saying, you can hear cars, you can hear dogs barking, you know, from from all areas of that of that vicinity. So um, then we made our way down to meet the sheriff in town. And from there, it just, um, each passing minute, it became more and more apparent that they were, you know, establishing a search um, a search party and a command center and um, they started they took his sister and took her for questioning and then they told us they weren't going to search through the night which was just maddening it was absolutely maddening to hear that they you know like as if the nighttime you know changes the fact that she's you know dangerously missing and no, so it makes it worse. It's terrible. I, I just didn't, I, I mean, it's something you just can't understand. And every night, the, every day that they searched, they didn't search at night. They just searched during the day. Made no sense to me. Um, but the next day we met early in the morning, and that's when SAR um, was established. And 
you know, communities of people were coming out day after day and searching and searching and searching. And there's, there was nothing, there was no trace, nothing. There was no trace of us. And uh, Ben was in jail uh, for unrelated, completely unrelated charges, but violent charges is what we found out. We knew that. Yeah. Yeah. So we knew that he had a warrant. Like my sister would not allow him in her home because of a warrant that he had. He had told my sister and their family that if he was arrested, he was going to treatment for, uh, for a year. And so what we found out was that, you know, he um, had attacked somebody, um, tried to kidnap them. It was by knife point. There was um, a gun involved that had serial numbers scratched off of it. Um, we found out also that one of his sisters has a no contact order on him because he attacked her physically. You know, oh my um, gosh. yeah, there are all these, you know, um, seemingly, you know, important aspects of him, you know, that are coming out in these moments that are like, like too late, I guess. Not to imply that we don't still have all the hope that you could, you know, have for somebody you love so dearly. It's just, you know, I believe that she probably would have maybe thought twice about spending time with him um, if these, if she understood the, the severity of these circumstances. So she didn't even know the severity of his legal brushes? Not that we know at all. Not, oh my gosh. Not that we know at all. He, you know, was being, you know, completely dishonest with her. Poor thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my it's, God. Yeah, and she would get over him, and then he'd step back into her life, and, you know. Um, oh, you my know, gosh. Yeah, and then so this time around, you know, he just said, hey, why don't you come out to my friend's house out here in North Plains? We'll spend the night, have a barbecue, and our course of our entire history is, has changed. That is just, that is mind-blowing. So many times. I mean, before I got into making my own show, I still do, but I first started listening to other shows, and they often talked on this. And honestly, I've personally experienced guys like this that are very dishonest and manipulative, and Mm, they just prey on girls who are trusting and Mm -hmm. good people. That's how, that's truthfully what you're speaking to Allison. She is incredibly friendly She's very loving, very trusting. She uh, believes in a second chance. She's, um, I don't, I, 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 when I say naive, I, I just mean that she just will believe what comes out of, you know, those that she cares about mouth. You know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. she, she doesn't question it. She won't look it up. She won't go for, you know, and so, um, no, you're right. I mean, I listen to, I listen to podcasts all day, nearly all day. And uh, you want to know something? She told a friend of hers that she was knitting a proverbial scarf, red scarf, with all of the red flags that he was, you know, that, that were showing themselves. So she knew something wasn't right, you know, but she don't think it's going to be, you know, something like that. And I don't even know what that is. I, 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 because, you know, his stories have changed, his story changed. He said that she was tired. And so she laid down to go to sleep 
he said that she was turning herself in, which is total bullshit because she doesn't have, there was nothing for her to turn herself in about. There was, I mean, nothing as far as a warrant or, you know. And you know that if there was anything remotely tied to her, it would have been leaked the moment her story came out. Uh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. People are hell-bent on making this her fault or making it her responsibility or, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, you're, you're entirely correct when you say that. Yes. It's never, it's never the, and I don't mean abuser the way I'm going to say it, but it's never the abuser's fault. And so many times, so many people don't understand what actual abuse is. They don't right. understand emotional abuse. They don't understand verbal abuse. Messing with Absolutely. someone's mind, making them feel like they're crazy for thinking these things about you when you clearly are not the person you say you are. Yeah. That is abuse. Lies, lies after lies after lies. Being dangerous and lying and manipulating, you're correct. That is, that's abuse. It is. And I don't think that she, you know, would disagree with that. I, I believe that she would agree with that. You know, it's, I just, yeah, it's it's sad. We we sometimes, we love our abusers. And I can say this from personal experience, that sometimes it takes a lot for us to walk away and leave. I have never personally been physically abused, but I have been in a situation to where when you describe Allison, you were describing a younger version of myself. Also, um, on you know, my sister and Allison is that my sister, she, you know, very, very concerned, very, I mean, in fact, not, not even allowing Ben in her home, mm-hmm. you know, saying, you know, he's, we know something's wrong. Something's not right here, Allison. Like, you know, he has a warrant, go turn yourself in, do the right thing. Why isn't he capable of doing that? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but then she's 20, she's going to go, you know, and in fact, she wasn't even honest with my sister on Friday when she left. She told my sister she was going to hang out with another friend. And um, and then later, a day and a half later on that Sunday conversation where she messaged my sister and she said, I'm actually with Ben. Mom, he's doing okay. Not the best, but he's doing okay. Mm. And we're, yeah. Oh, th- those conversations are... I, there's just they just they unravel you it's like you they do you can't even come up with a thought or a word or a phrase to feel you just kind of want to die a little bit like I'm not saying that that's the you know those are the steps to feel better but it's like you just you don't know what to do with your thoughts and your feelings or how to help or Mm -hmm. make it that you just don't know what to do you just completely fractioned. Well, I feel like to each time you rehash all of these details to someone new or each time you have to go through them for any purpose, it's like watching a movie a million times. Every time you watch it, something new is going to pop out. Something you didn't think about, you didn't connect to. No, you're right. As what you said about feeling like, you know, sometimes you just want to die when you connect these things. It's, I understand where you're coming from. It's not like a, it's not like a, I really want to die. It's like a little piece of you dies inside every time you connect a new dot. Absolutely. 
especially if you feel like you've missed something after all this time. And, you know, I, you know, I, you, you go over like, you know, the evidence and the things that were found during the search and this, these kind of little things and you go over it again and you go, wait, that can't be that way. It, there's no way that's, that makes it impossible. And then it changes the course of your thought process and then maybe even your search and, you don't even know if you should be changing course. And, yeah, you're right. And then another piece if you die. Yeah. It's it's like a it's, – it's, it's just a sick, twisted cycle that has no end unless somebody speaks up. And you know somebody knows something. Somebody. It's just we have searched what feels like every square inch. And um, I uh, I believe um, that if if, if – if, um, if the worst case scenario and the elements were what we're looking at here, like the elements um, were, you know, took her, let's just, you know, say something so sad as to that. Um, I believe that we would have found her. Right. If it's something simple, if it's something innocent, why can't I find them? Right. That's exactly exactly why we don't think it's something simple i mean in simple you know meaning like just a total complete accident in the moment just there's just too many what ifs too many too many it's so frustrating do you have a theory as to what might have happened or where she might be if it wasn't you know something like the elements no no um not necessarily a working theory. Um, you know, I stay open. You know, if she, it was during the day that he left her because he called us from jail one time. He called my sister and we asked a few questions. Um, we were both in such a state of shock. Like, I just wish we would have recorded, you know, something. But mm-hmm. um, if he would have left her, there were several homes. A very in very close proximity. I mean, I'm talking like, you know, you can you could see their rooftops from where she, where he said he left her. So did she go to the wrong house? Did she knock on the wrong door? Did she mm-hmm. get a ride from, you know, somebody that was, you know, ill intent? Um, you know, there's the theory. Um, could she have rent? She could be hiding. She's running away. She's, um, you know, does she have any reason to run away? No, not not one reason she was she loves her mother like you know she's her very best friend she loves herself too much she loves comfort she loves the comforts of home she loves her cats she loves her dad and her brother um she there's absolutely no reason for us to believe right now that she ran away Uh, as sad as running away from your life is it the best case scenario right now and hopefully she can end up hearing seeing the things that you guys are doing and realize, you know, hey, they they really want me back. But I, I agree with you. If there's no reason for her to run away, why would she run away? Right. And so I'm not sure. I'm sure you read maybe that if you've um, gone on the website, there there's a timeline uh, about, you know, you know, how kind of things played out with mm-hmm. Ben's family. But I'm sure you read that the day that they made, the, the last time a third party witness saw her, 
was the phone call that they made on one of the major roads. And um, during that phone call, Ben told his grandmother and his parents that they were in a bad accident, that there was a problem, that they needed help. And neither, and his mom didn't let my sister know. She didn't have the audacity to say, hey, allegedly our kids were in an accident. We might want to, like, work together to figure out what's going on. Yeah, because, I mean, my son's too, but if he's yeah. 22 and calls and says, hey, mom, I'm in an accident, I think I need help. I'm going to be like, all right, well, I'm going to drop whatever I'm doing. Where are you? That's right. That's exactly it. And so it's really, really bizarre behavior from one mother to the next, frankly. Yeah. Um, you know, and then um, moving forward, you know, he came home without Allison. He came home without Allison. And Molly never announced that to Misty. And Molly's like, oh, his mother, right? Yes. She okay. never said, oh, Ben's home, but she's not, Allison's not with her. So, yeah, there was that car accident situation. Now he's home without her. We should probably start coming up with a plan. No, 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 no. That was at 7.30 in the morning. It wasn't until 12.30 that his father came home. And when the family was still speaking with us, I asked Don, I said, okay, so what time did you get home? And he said, I got home at 12. And I said, well, what happened next? He goes, I asked Ben, where's Allison? And Ben told his dad, he turned, she turned herself in. And his Her reply boy. was, I know, right? His reply was, how do you know? So then he went and checked the Washington County inmate list. And, of course, she wasn't, you know, there because there would have been no reason for her to be there. Mm -hmm. And so then he said, okay, let's go look for her. Well, that was at 1230 when they headed out. At 1 o'clock is when his mom sent my sister the message saying, have you heard anything? (laughs) All the while knowing they're headed out for a search for her. If there was actually the car accident, is it possible that she was badly injured and he didn't want to get in trouble for any kind of car-related incident on top of whatever else he was facing? Well, I mean, unfortunately, there was no, there's no car that was, you know what I'm saying? Like they, that's kind of what I thought too. I didn't think I had heard anything about the car. Yeah, there was no, um... No wrecked car. Now, you will read about a stolen red truck that, yeah, but that wasn't wrecked. It was a totally, completely intact. And so I don't know if they were in somebody else's vehicle, but the timing, if you break down the timeline, it just, it's hard to, it's hard to understand because they were seen driving around somebody's property at, I guess, 934, 932. The phone call was made at 10.30. So they would have to leave that property, go park the truck where it was parked, and then make their way over to Sally's for the phone call. And Sally did say that Allison looked shocked. She looked scared, which is like the worst. And that she looked like she had, like, fallen, like she had mud in her hair. And she was the last person to see her. Who's Sally? Sally is the the lady that lives on Old Pumpkin Ridge Road, that is where Allison and Ben stopped to make okay. a phone call. Okay. Yeah, that that was at 1030 in the morning. And so, okay. and his parents 
and his grandmother went up to that area looking for them and were able to find them. It's really weird. Yeah. It's just like any other story, um, you know, if you're listening to an unsolved podcast or like a, you know, a dateline, you know, whatever story, whatever that you go, why, what, like what's even happening? Mm-hmm. And then to have his family behave the way they did as well makes it that more, that much more complex. Yes. So I, yeah, I, um, I, so as far as a working theory at this point in time, um, no, and I think that makes it even more frustrating because you aren't working towards, you know, that, those movements for that theory. You just, mm-hmm. it's all over the map. This is the most horrible, most gut-wrenching, most, like, mind-numbing. Nobody deserves this. Not one person. And Allison, to me, my sister and I joke that, you know, um, I also gave birth to her um, <laughs> because my Allie Joy is my, like my little tiny daughter, my little tiny best friend. And, you know, um, this is, this is just something that nightmares are made out of. It's terrible. I mean, I just, I commend you both for withstanding not only the horrendous judgment of those on social media who know nothing about the case. Yeah. But also dealing with the whole situation in and of itself. Yeah. Uh, you just come up with new things every single day. We have some people that are, you know, cruelty is their middle name. And uh, that's a small minority. The vast majority of the people are, you know, we have, their hearts and souls are in this with us. So, you know, you have people calling and texting and saying, here, try this. What about this? This person, this, that, you know, so you're, excuse me, excuse me, um, uh, it, it helps keep your mind going and in a place, you know, and mm-hmm. the searches, you know, excuse me, coming up with um, properties to search as often as we can, um, you know, we do and we go and we, you know, I'm just going to tell you right now, that is something that makes you feel like you step into a completely different reality when you're pushing aside, you know, trees and bushes and looking under shrubs and, you know, through mud and water, just praying you see nothing. I can't imagine. Is there a next step for you guys in finding Allison? Like what you are going to do, what you can do? I know you said you've been doing searches and don't really have a workable lead, but is there anywhere that you can go from here? How can the public help? How can the show help? Um, So uh, I think, you know, letting her face be known, her location um, be known where she was last seen, also surrounding locations. Um, uh, There are people that don't know her story. And I think that I am so grateful for you right now, Megan, and to be speaking with you because you are helping, you know, get her name and my sister's name out there. So that is amazing. Um, We've also hired a private detective. And um, these last, you know, few days have just been about filling him in with all of the details so that he can put forth his best effort 
to uh, look for her. We are trying to work with law enforcement harder for them to sign affidavits um, for, you know, um, uh, uh, warrants for, you know, his family's phone, phones so that we could just check their location. Where were you that day? All those hours that you were searching for her, where were you at? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we are fundraising to help pay for the cost of the, you know, private investigator because, you know, as everybody knows, it's, you know, it's not, it's not something that is inexpensive, but worth it. We continue just to um, look through all the evidence, um, go through searches, making phone calls um, to as many people that, you know, may have a lead or a tip or, um, you know, a lot of people that say, oh, we think we saw her, you know, so just um, any kind of sightings. We are making posters, um, raising awareness. I'm terrified to, you know, run out of ideas. Yeah, I don't, I don't blame you at all. And I'm so grateful that you actually talked to me and are willing to let me help because, I mean, I'm a total stranger, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's very heartwarming to me that you are welcoming me in to let me help. And I'm grateful for that because it's all I want to do. And as for you're welcome. If there is anyone out there with any information on the whereabouts of Allison Watterson, please contact Washington County Sheriff's Office in Oregon. Allison was last seen wearing a yellow sweatshirt, black jeans, and tennis shoes with the brand either being Vans or Converse. Allison also carried a maroon-colored Champion brand backpack. Allison is described as being about 5 foot 7 inches tall, weighing about 120 pounds with naturally brown hair and blue eyes. She has a tattoo of an eye on the front of her left shoulder as well as the tattoo of a fairy on her forearm. In most of her missing persons photos, Allison is seen wearing a septal nose ring piercing. But after speaking with Allison's aunt, I found out that recently before she went missing, I mean within like days, Allison had actually taken the piercing out. So you know, that's kind of one of the key things that you could have looked for, but just know now that if a girl looks like Allison and does not have that piercing, it could actually, in fact, be Allison. Allison, again, was last seen on December 22nd, 2019 with her boyfriend, Benjamin Garland. The two had been near Old Pumpkin Ridge Road when they became separated. Allison has been living in Hillsboro with her family, and her mom said that she was between jobs and had plans to do traveling with her friends over the next year. So if anyone has any information about Allison's disappearance, they can call 503-846-2700. There is also an official Allison Watterson Facebook page, and you can also request to join the Facebook page and keep an eye out and stay updated on her case and also help share her photo also helped share her missing persons flyer because the best way to help Allison and her family is to share her story and share her face and make sure that, 
you know, we're helping spread the word and helping get people all around America acquainted with her face. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of If I Go Missing. If you have any case suggestions, you can email me at the Megan Noel. That's the M-E-G-A-N-N-O-E-L at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram at the Megan Noel or the podcast Instagram at Megan Noel Podcast. You can also go to Facebook and find the page for Megan Noel Podcast and all the discussion groups for the various podcasts that we host. This episode was compiled by me, hosted by me, and co-hosted by Linda Anderson. Thank you so much for listening, and we can't wait to see you again next week.